1: Hi everyone, I'm Jen. And I'm Jess. We're the hosts of the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to tell you about Strivectin's new Super C Retinol Brighten and Correct Vitamin C Serum. We often interview dermatologists on our podcast and two of their favorite skincare ingredients to recommend are retinol and vitamin C. This Strivectin serum has both in one lightweight, layerable formula. It also helps to smooth fine lines and it's clinically proven to visibly brighten and firm skin. If you want to learn more about Strivectin's new Super C Retinol Brighten and Correct Vitamin C Serum, Visit Strivectin.com. dot com. BBC Sounds, Music, Radio, Podcasts.
0: Bottas
1: wins in Russia. Being hit by a bee on his visor, but it's Hamilton who has a bee in his bonnet after his time penalties are added up. This is the Checkerfly Podcast, and I'm Jenny Gow. So Hamilton starts in pole position, but can't convert it, and it's Valtteri Bottas who collects the points for the win. And the fastest lap. and Palmer and Jack Nichols are here to discuss everything Sochi. And Jack, qualifying was not plain sailing. And the race for Hamilton was not plain sailing. But let's talk Bottas first, because he is our race winner. How impressed are you by that performance?
2: Um, I can't say not very, because that's because he's won a Grand Prix. And he wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination, of course. But... It's a a straightforward win, isn't it? And he finishes seven seconds ahead of Max Verstappen in the Red Bull. He was never under pressure at any point. So there's not really a huge amount to to, to sort of praise Bottas for. Initially, we thought he was very impressive on the run down to turn two uh, at the start of the Grand Prix because he really sent it to the outside of Hamilton. But then he revealed that that was an accident. He missed his braking Spot because he got hit by a bee and on the visor, which you know, not ideal. And I'm not criticizing him for that, but he didn't want to try and overtake Hamilton. That's the that's the thing I don't get with Bottas is he infers that he was hit by this bee, so he ended up having to try and overtake Hamilton. He didn't want like his his plan wasn't to try and overtake Hamilton then.
1: Jack, just to confirm, this was a massive bee, not I'm just not, any old bee. Hey, I'm not
2: knocking the bee. Like the bee, well, the bee was knocked. Well, the bee, yeah, the bee, the bee is, I imagine. The B is no more. Tear off, gone. <laughs> it's a the B was not to be. The B is a has been. <laughs> but oh. yeah, that that's the that's the weird inference I get from that is oh I didn't mean to outbreak Hamilton at turn two. Well then why didn't why didn't you you had the run you had the what what was the target going to be? But you know good drive from Bottas he won by seven seconds. He did all that he could do today. To be fair, he maximised his, his results and he chips away 11 points at the championship lead.
1: Yeah, I mean, he said, after crossing the finishing line, uh, this is a nice moment to thank my critics to whom it may concern. Beep, 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 you. Um, are you one of his critics, Jolien Palmer? Have you been silenced?
2: I have been. Do you I, think, know, think, I have do you been think, a critic at times this year. Do you think you that Bottas is aware of your criticisms of him? Probably,
3: yeah. But... Um, I think it's just, as a driver, you're aware of what people are saying in the media. You're, you are, you, even if people say that you you don't read what people say about you, whatever, you, sometimes you can't help but see it, especially if you're on social media, that's a nightmare. And otherwise, even other people can say, oh, did you see what so-and-so said, or this and that. And look, at times this year, I have felt like Bottas has been... Lacking fight in the in what he thinks is a championship challenge with Hamilton, and I just think if he wants to take the fight to Hamilton, he needs to do more starts like he did here and actually really fight with Hamilton, which he did. The fact afterwards that he said it was an accident that he went in so deep is oh it, that's the bit that I was giving him most credit yeah. for for the whole race. He challenged Hamilton around the outside. look he didn't go off the track, he kept it on. it was a really adventurous fighty opening to the grand prix and i thought it was great from bottas and that is the part that i've really criticized him for i've never said that bottas is not a slow uh, not a fast driver he is a very fast driver he challenges hamilton a lot hamilton is the slightly quicker and that's why hamilton so often takes pole position but bottas is a, is a good driver but it's bottas that says this is the championship fight and so often we see that he he's not in the fight quite as much as You'd hope he would be if he wanted to take the fight, to Hamilton, like Nico Rosberg used to do. Um, today, I thought that start was great. He said it was an accident. That's a shame. Um, and
2: look, the critics won't be silenced by this race. It's what did you make of him? You know, giving that message out on the on the radio and saying "f you" to the critics.
3: Well, I, I actually really liked when he said it before in Aus- in Australia. And look, potentially before in Australia, I was again a bit of a critic, but. Who, who wasn't at the end of his 2018 season? Because his 2018 season was... He finished fifth in the driver's standings. Hamilton won at a canter, and Bottas had a really mediocre season in 2018. The critics, there, there, were, there were many that were saying, look, he's being blown away by Hamilton every weekend. He turned up in Australia last year, he won the race, and he said that message, and I thought, brilliant. This is where Bottas 2.0 came from. You thought, right. In a fair fight with Hamilton. In, a, in a, what appeared to be a fair fight with Hamilton turned out i think that hamilton had a bit of floor damage but it appeared to be a fair fight and he drove away and, th- and he said that radio message and i thought wow this guy has had a winter of soul searching he's turned up to australia a new man bottas 2.0 was born and, you- and i thought great he's got fight in him this year and that's what i want to see this year he's not shown the fight on the track today he did accidentally show the fight down at turn two but the radio message seems a bit it's a bit over the top, isn't it, for a drive where he was not challenged.
1: The the question I have is, why would you reuse your quote from another Grand Prix again?
2: It's his tagline, isn't it?
3: it? It's his tagline. But look, he's obviously, it shows that he's affected by the critics. Um, I don't blame him for that. You know, it it is difficult to see criticism of you. and, And at the end of the day, he's a nice chap and he wants to win fair and clean without elbowing his way past his teammate and hats off to that but I don't think he will win like that Um, but to go back to to his drive today I don't think he, he will silence the critics with that because let's not forget he qualified six and a half tenths away from Hamilton yesterday across two sets of tires in Q3 he qualified six and a half tenths away from Hamilton Hamilton did two laps that were basically half a second quicker than Bottas did on either That's not silencing anyone. He got out-qualified by Max Verstappen. He won today. He did a good start. He measured the pace, but he didn't have to do anything after the start. He beat Verstappen by seven and a half seconds in an inferior Red Bull. That's fine. He got fastest lap, which was good. But again, he didn't have the fight from Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton started on the worst tyres because of the Q2 mix-up yesterday. And um, that's the fight that we wanted to see. Even the fastest lap... Hamilton couldn't really challenge because he was on much older hard tyres that he was having to nurse to the end so I kind of think anything less than what Bottas did would have been a disappointing race rather than him really punching above his weight today
1: Well, let's hear from our race winner this is Valtteri Bottas Now, obviously don't want to condone swearing
0: but I quite like that feistiness at the end there you've silenced your critics, it clearly means a huge amount to you Yeah, it's always oh, just come from inside <laughs> it's a, there's a bit of a build-up of Well, not frustration, but a few disappointing races and obviously giving everything every single weekend and being this close to win. But uh, now finally got it. And actually, finally, things went my way as well. I consider myself a bit lucky today as well. So uh, I I take it, you know, I feel I've earned it. And uh, the race pace was was really good. So that's why a bit of a burst. But, you know, the critics and, you know, the people who tell me that I should give up and so on that gives me so much, you know, energy and power, so, uh, but I, I hope they can learn something, you know, I, I don't understand why they do it, so. Uh, I mean,
1: that's the key, isn't it, harnessing your frustration and any kind of negativity that comes your way, and, and using it to push you forward further.
0: Exactly, and now I, I, I really hope this I can carry good momentum now, you know, it was um, a strong race for me, everything was under control, so. You need this results you know uh, to gain confidence and you know I'm really really pleased that I get this win now and it definitely means the the championship is is not over
2: when
1: we spoke before the race you certainly do feel that this is a track that you perform well at if you can just channel that mindset at other race tracks you can just build momentum from here can't you we've still got seven races left
0: yeah in, in this sport you never know so obviously I, I try to you know, keep the momentum and, you know, be confident. And uh, in the end, there's not much to lose from my side. So definitely going to go for it. And, um, you know, hope the, you know, things will keep going on my way as well for for a bit. Not just one race, but uh, as I always say, I'll keep pushing and I won't give up.
1: Uh, that was Valtteri Bottas, who is now second in the championship and trails Hamilton by 44 Points. Uh, now, we need to talk penalties, we need to talk Hamilton, and we need to talk this moment.
0: And Lewis, we have a 10-second time penalty for those start infringements.
1: What happened? What happened?
0: Uh, sorry, Lewis. So, yes, uh, those starts going to the grid. We've got a five-second penalty for each out of position.
1: So that's Pete Bonnington on the radio, and Lewis Hamilton as well. Um, I think it's pretty clear where it is in the rule book, isn't it, Jack Nichols?
2: Article nineteen point two of the race director's uh, notes, specifically. Um, yeah, you, you're not allowed to. It's it's one of those where I wasn't really aware of it as a rule because I'm never really analysing people's practice starts or where they do them, or it's just an irrelevance because it's all the drivers know the rules, so that's where they do their practice start. So I kind of wasn't even aware that it was illegal. So when he did it and he was under investigation, you're suddenly like, oh, okay, what what are the rules? And obviously Jolyon instantly was like, well, no, you do your practice start in the practice start box. That's just where you do it. And then time penalty given, there we go. It's a big, it's quite a big error actually from um, Mercedes and from Hamilton. Where the pit lane closing in Monza was kind of a tight one, you know, it had just closed, they didn't spot it had closed, okay fine it's quite different to this kind of premeditated decision to do something that they should have known wasn't allowed and to do it
1: twice as well, I mean that's like nobody and there are a lot of people working for Mercedes, not one person went ooh actually let's not do that again, they did it twice which meant they got a 10 second time penalty and Jolene as you say is the onus on the driver to know the rules to have read through race direction? is the onus on Pete Bonnington? Is it on the team as a whole?
3: I, I put the onus of, of reading the rules, making sure that the rules are followed. I mean to be fair, why shouldn't the driver do it? but it's on the team fundamentally and uh, and Lewis did ask Pete Bonnington if he could do that, and Pete Bonnington gave the A firm message, yes, you can that he shouldn't have done, and that was the error I think mainly for Pete Bonnington in this case. You, you, you can't do it. No one else did it. I don't think anyone else was asking to do it, but Lewis was trying to just do something a bit different once again. He does flirt with the rules in many cases. Um, and, yeah, this time he, he basically broke it. I think it's mainly on the team, but um, Lewis, I'm still- uh, Lewis was the only one to ask that question, really, I think, which put the team in a, in a hard position.
1: I'm still amazed that you've got a championship winning driver of, of Lewis Hamilton's calibre going to equal the record of Michael Schumacher, which obviously he did not do this time out. And yet, you know, he's saying, oh, where was that in the rule? But, you know, he's so cross about the whole thing. He just, he sounded almost a little petulant when he was, you know, told about the penalty. And you just think, surely you, you should know. You should have a responsibility to know. You, you kind of you've been in this game a long time. Uh,
3: Renault, we, I, I don't know if I read the rules, but we we had a pre-season um, quiz, a Renault quiz in Melbourne, Sounds which was on. <laughs> it was on the rules, basically. Sounds a lot of fun. Wow. Yeah, we're good quizzers, uh Renault.
1: <laughs> what was your team name?
3: J P Q T. But. We yeah, you get to Melbourne and basically this was from Alan Permain, the sporting director at Renault, it was like, right, we want to be across the rules. So he'll just make a quiz. I think it came from I think it came from Magnuson and maybe McLaren in the first place that said this is what they did. So this is where you have teams uh having different resources coming from different um different people coming from different teams and it all passes around. But we'd have like twenty questions and it would all be like not a serious quiz, but just basically do we know the rules? What happens if there's a red flag? Do you go to the start line? Do you come into the pits? This sort of thing. I, I can't remember this exact scenario coming up in one of those quiz questions, but that's basically how across it we were. I don't remember explicitly learning the rules from the book, but um, you would you kind of do pick up what you can and can't do. The race director's notes can change from race to race, and that's something really that is on the team rather than the driver, because the team get handed these notes. They should make the driver aware of of certain circuit specific things and um, I, I do put the blame on the team once again I put the blame on the team for Monza and I put the blame on the team for for Sochi
1: so going forward would you advise Mercedes take on this strategy of pub quizzing before the season with the rules but well, maybe
3: they do maybe I'm they potato yeah it's uh it's a sensible thing to do just as it's like a rules refresher at the start of the season even if the rules don't change it's just fundamental things that um, that you wanna know as a driver and you just many most of these things you know anyway. They're like the they're the basics of what you've spent fifteen years how long's Hamilton been driving, this is fourteenth season in Formula One. He knows basically the rules. Yeah. You know, there's not these aren't groundbreaking new rules, but it's just a little refresher. And uh and Mercedes have kinda of missed two
2: of the last three Grand Prix. They've cost them a win, really. Well that's the thing. In Monza no one else entered the pits when the pit lane was closed, everybody else was across that. So that was bad from a sort of Mercedes viewpoint. Again, today, no one else was asking whether you could do a practice start anywhere else, whether that's because they all just knew the rules or or what, I don't know. Well,
3: everyone else was queued up in the practice start box Mm. and they all did a practice start from the box and then they went out and that's
2: what you know to do.
3: So while Lewis Hamilton is even getting on the radio saying, can I do another one from later on, he obviously wanted a better feel for the grip. Like, that's kind of the smart that's the, question sen- to it's the ask. sensible thing to do, yeah. I think he was the only one to, to do it, uh, to question if he could do that. But, yeah, fine, you can't really knock the question because he wanted a better feel for the grip. But the answer should have been, no, just carry on. Mm. And you, that's, sorry, you've got to do it from the breakfast start box, Lewis.
1: Mm. Well, let's hear from Lewis Hamilton speaking after the race.
0: Well, Lewis, um, double whammy of penalties there. Can you just tell us your thoughts on that, on those, getting those two, five seconds?
1: Uh, I mean, I don't really... Uh,
3: I need to go back and see what the rules are, what exactly I did wrong. Um, I'm pretty sure no one's got two, five-second penalties for something so ridiculous before. So I wouldn't put anyone in danger. It's I've done this at a million tracks over the years, never been questioned on it. So, uh, yeah, but... It is what it is. Does it
0: seem excessive? I mean, I'm not a steward, so... Yeah,
3: of course it is. They're doing everything. Of course it is. But it's not to, it's to be expected. They're trying to get me... They're trying to stop me, aren't they? So
1: You really think so? Of course.
3: But it's OK. I just uh, I need to just keep my head down and stay focused and, you know, we'll see what happens.
1: So Lewis Hamilton clearly feeling victimised, saying that they're trying to stop me, they're out to stop me. I mean... Hamilton is an emotive person. He always speaks what he says. Do you think he's rushed in a bit too quickly in the heat of the moment, Jolian?
3: Yeah, he's basically got two penalties, ultimately, for two things that are penalty-worthy in the last three races. And um, I don't think
2: you can really argue with them. I think that the the one today... I, 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 I have a little bit of sympathy with the one today because it's one of those... And you often get these situations in Formula One where a mistake or an error is sort of punished in a way that doesn't feel quite right and to be honest with you doing a practice start out of position affects you know affecting your race result feels a little harsh what do you do differently what's the other punishment I don't know I don't have an answer for you there because if you find him that doesn't make any difference if you you know, find the team. Does that really make any difference? Is he gaining a sporting advantage by doing a practice start somewhere else? Yeah, probably, I guess, is the argument because that's the whole reason that he wants to do it is to do it somewhere else. So I see all of that, but I do kind of, I don't think that the FIA are out to get Hamilton. I don't think they're doing all they can to try and stop him. I don't think him finishing third today day instead of first is going to make this championship go down to the wire or anything like that. But, but I will. I do have a bit of sympathy in terms that the does the penalty fit the crime on on this particular occasion. It's a it's a bit of a, a tough one to take. But what are the choices have they got? But he is the driver that that is breaking the
3: rules really, and it's not like yeah. you would say they're out to get him if someone else did the same and got a different penalty. Correct. Then, wow, that would be unbelievable. But I I thought actually at first it would be a reprimand for the for the what he did I thought he probably wouldn't get a time penalty in the Grand Prix so in that way yeah maybe maybe you're right and it's a bit harsh but there was a gain there to be had for starting on an area that was more akin to the grid basically less less rubbed in that's why he wanted to do it and maybe they didn't need to punish him twice for it that might have helped his race a bit but I don't think the FIA are out to get him I think it's obviously just circumstance right now building up for Lewis
1: Well, Toto Wolff, the boss of Mercedes, spoke after the race saying that he thought the penalties were far-fetched and disagreed with how the stewards had interpreted the rules, but says the team will take it on the chin. They don't have much option than to take it on the chin, but interesting that he thinks it's far-fetched.
2: Yeah, that's actually quite surprising, to be honest with you, because like I said, you know, as I've just said, I think far-fetched is, it would be more, it's kind of like a unsafe release isn't it it's like an unsafe release where the driver's got nothing to do with it but you get a drive-through penalty for it that always feels a bit harsh on the driver because it's not their fault but what else can you do you've got to punish them somehow because you can't just let everyone go out all the time it's that kind or grid drops for mechanical problems or changing parts or all of those kind of stuff that yeah, you wish there was some kind of slightly neater way of dealing with it, but I don't know what else the stewards could have done, really. And, and I am more than happy to jump on the bandwagon against the stewards. But it's, it's procedural more than any anything sort of sporting in the race. Yeah. It's starting, doing a practice
3: start from the wrong place. But we've seen already this year Haas got time penalties in Hungary for coming into the pits and basically breaking that... Uh, driving alone and unaided on the on the formation lap which yeah. seemed harsh but they broke the rule and they got the punishment for it and you know yes they gained in the end because of the circumstances but that seemed an over the top penalty I think the difference with this one compared to other penalties is it happened before the start of the race similar to the to the Haas one in, in Hungary and um, and it's it's a procedure that wasn't followed rather than a sort of Uh, fighting penalty like forcing someone off the road or gaining an advantage by leaving the the track or something so it's a bit different to the usual ones and for these procedural ones the penalty should be obvious it should be a sort of set in stone do you have a a team call you into the pits before the race yes okay well then that's the penalty Mm. do you start from the practice start box no okay well that's the penalty it shouldn't be a really a debate for these procedural ones what the penalty is a bit like Monza when it's when it's really varied like did he really push him off or did you know there, there's there can be some gray areas in racing incident ones but for procedural penalties i think so long as it's consistent i think it's quite difficult to argue with what the fia deem as the necessary penalty
1: so championship standings hamilton tops on 205, 44 points behind him, it's Bottas, and then Max Verstappen 33 points behind them on 128 points, and Verstappen um, getting his second place, I mean no, nobody none of the drivers, Jolyon, seemed that happy after the race, do you think they felt the slight tedium that I think some of the fans felt?
3: I don't think anyone could have had a very exciting race in the top six positions really, yeah, Bottas, who would be obviously very happy, but Probably didn't see a car for most of the race after he pulled away from Verstappen. Verstappen, I don't think we... we, Again, a great weekend from him. Good job. Great job. Split the Mercedes in qualifying and the race. Kept Bottas moderately honest, but a boring race for him. Hamilton, obviously very frustrated. Perez, brilliant drive, but boring race. You know, there was not a lot of excitement for the drivers up and down the pits. They, They did 53 laps of sort of pushing hard saving the tires a little bit
2: gasly had a bit of a carve through the field he albin and norris had some fights in the in the closing stages that i think they will have enjoyed but apart from you know like you say it's the top it's just full of drivers that did a good job but nothing really happened ricardo did a good job leclerc did a pretty good job actually i think for for ferrari to finish in uh seventh sixth sixth position um And then Ocon was a bit disappointing. Kvyat and Gasly both strong for Alpha Tauri. Albon okay to come through from 15th to 10th. Like, yeah, not a huge amount to to report on, really. I think what you would say is, are we shocked that it's not been a thrilling Grand Prix at Sochi? No. 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 No.
3: Have we ever had a thrilling Grand Prix at Sochi?
2: No. No, and it's another year that has gone by, and it's been a, a drab race. And we're in a tough year for F1 races and competitivity competitiveness full stop so you add that to sochi and there is a danger that it's not going to be a thriller
1: um let's go back to the start of the race because that was fairly meaty there's uh, plenty to talk about especially when it comes to penalties that happen through the race and things like that so jack just take us back to the start if, if you wouldn't mind 53 laps ago and just talk through what happened there and, and, and you know the expected mess that it was
2: well Overall, it wasn't too bad, except for Sainz going through this sort of runoff area through the polystyrene bollards that he had to do, which I, Verstappen did it and he committed to it quite early, which was quite sort of smart of him. Sainz almost went a bit late, so he didn't have enough of an angle. He needed to slow the car down more, wasn't able to, and had a big hit with the wall, basically, and that wiped him out of the the Grand Prix. And then Leclerc hit... um, uh, Lance Stroll <laughs> at Turn Four, and that put Stroll out of the Grand Prix. So those were sort of the two big accidents that brought out the safety car. I feel a bit sorry for Stroll actually. That's two DNFs in the last two races, neither of which I think were really his responsibility. In a in a period where he's you know looking quite quite decent, Perez finished four, uh, fourth. Stroll in that fight with the Renaults would have been would have been quite fun, I think. So I feel a bit sorry for for Stroll after the, after the Grand Prix today. But, yeah, overall, a couple of crashes at the start. Didn't really affect the race too much, ultimately.
1: Um, but penalty-wise... So, Ricardo picks up a penalty uh, for his overtake on Ocon that didn't quite go right. He ran wide at turn two and picked up a five-second penalty for not going through the bollards. Uh, and you guys were fairly incredulous of, of the, the rule, I suppose, and what the FIA were doing. What, Julian, what would you change about turn two if you could?
3: Uh, I put gravel, put some gravel on the down outside yeah. of it. It's um, it's frustrating when you get track limits issues, but the the problem seems to be drivers going between the bollards on the outside of, the, of the, the track. And there are some times where it's perfectly fine to do that. Max Verstappen went through them at the start of the Grand Prix, and it was OK. Carlos Sainz also tried to go through them at the start of the Grand Prix, and it certainly wasn't OK. To be honest, Sainz was way out of control going too quick with too tight an angle to, to turn. But it's those angles that sort of show how difficult it can be because drivers that nearly make the corner have then got to turn hard left as Grosjean actually did in the race and smash through the bollards to get round this bollard, which just gives them like a, a hairpin left, hairpin right, big chicane. They lose so much time. To be honest, they're kind of on the track at that point. They're in the back of the curb. They're not gaining an advantage by doing it. And it just feels like such a huge punishment almost more hazardous than just losing a little bit of time by going behind the the back of the curb so I think it's just the extent of where you need to turn left and go through the bollards if you outbreak yourself and you're sort of off then fine but if you try and make the corner and you're turning in and, and you're kind of just missing the back of the apex you're inches away as Daniel Ricciardo was to try and then slow down turn left weave your way through those bollards which are a long way to the left and then rejoin a you're going to lose an awful lot of time that's fine i guess it's your mistake but also it's kind of more hazardous then you're on a dirty part of the track going through as fast as you can because you're in a race still these uh, these bollards that are right next to a wall as well and that's what caught up carlos Sainz.
1: Yeah, Carlos Sainz, big smash into that wall. He was okay, which is good news, but a disappointing, I think, weekend for McLaren. Um, Pretty healthy, though, for a couple of teams, uh, and it closes things up, actually. So McLaren now on 106 points, and Racing Point just two points behind them on 104 in the Constructors' Championship. Mercedes, 366 points to Red Bull's 192. That's a big lead, isn't it, at this point in the season? I mean, we've still got... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven races to go.
2: Yeah, it's, it's huge, isn't it? But it's, you know, it's to be expected. Mercedes have got the quickest car this year, comfortably. Red Bull have comfortably the second quickest car. And then it's that battle for third and best of the rest that is, the, that is going to be the fun one uh, throughout the rest of the season.
1: Well, next stop will be Germany as we go to the Nürburgring. The race will be on the 11th of October. Jolian, quick question, coldest place you've ever raced?
2: i sure, it's got to be Snetterton at some point.
1: Have you ever had snow?
2: Nah,
3: I've done, a, I've done a winter series race at Snetterton in sort of end of November time, and that must be up there. I've driven in, like, icy conditions at Snetterton yeah. also, but not raced in them. That was, like, winter testing.
1: It's, it's going to be tough. Gonna be I, it's going to be seriously tough. It's going to be an
3: interesting weekend at Nürburgring mm. just because the weather, is, the tyres won't work. It's a kind of a good old-school track. It's going, to be, it's going to be fun to watch, I think.
1: Uh, talking about fun to watch, who was your driver of the day? Jack Nichols? I would like you to go first, please.
2: Driver of the day is a fairly comfortable Sergio Perez. Not even contrary there.
3: Seconded <laughs> is Sergio Perez all day long. He actually finished 30 seconds off the race win. That's a pretty good effort in a racing point.
1: Back you up on that. Uh, unavoidable. Um, although the B gets an honorary honour. Or not? was a massive for, bee. For,
3: for, for bringing out a bit of aggression in Valtteri Bottas <laughs> at the start. <laughs> yeah. um, no, we'll save the honorary honour for another day. I don't think the Sochi race this year is going to... bee B doesn't need an honorary
2: honour. If we start giving honorary honours to bees, we're in trouble.
1: OK, let's move it along. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we will do a preview for Germany ahead of that race. Uh, you can download the Checker Flag podcast then. Uh, this has been an IMG production for BBC Radio 5 Live. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts.